everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet to date. It is Thursday, October the 13th in the year 2022, and today we have a lot to get into. We are previewing the games for week seven. We got a lot of good games this weekend. We also have a lot of good teams taking the week off with a bye, but that does not matter because it's still going to be an action packed weekend. As always, I'm your host, Ben, joined here by my co host, the one, the only. Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Week already just about done. We got football right around the corner. And we're going into week seven, man. Think about it. Week seven. This year, this football season is almost gone. A little over halfway. I say we're halfway. Now, don't don't, don't jump the gun there, Rob. Don't <laughs> jump the gun on us now. A little over halfway, man. And I, I tell you what. It has been a jam-packed, action-filled Surprising season so far, and knock on wood, we've got more to come. That's exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. But uh, but before we get started, I, I just want to uh, give a big shout out uh, to our boy Cross Coverage. He reached out over the week and uh, wanted to do a collab with us, and we were more than happy to assist. And you know, it's it's always nice when you have you know people reaching out to you and wanting to uh, wanting to to cross opinions and things of that nature. So y'all check them out on Instagram at cross underscore coverage. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was nice. It was really cool to have someone reach out and really enjoyed doing the predictions, winning score predictions for this upcoming week. Got a lot of feedback from that. We really appreciated it and just really appreciated him just giving us a shout out and using his page to also promote us a little bit and get our names out there. So, man, we really do appreciate it and we can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate you. Yes, sir. But all that being said, let's get down to a little bit of business. Let's get down to the brass tacks, shall we? Yes, sir. First things first, guys. We're going to discuss a little injury report going into this weekend's games. We had some quarterbacks with some injuries. Some of them missed this past week. Some of them played and didn't make it through the game. So we just want to do some updates. First things first in the SEC. Bryce Young. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young, old man. Bryce is one of those guys, man, that it's when he's not on the field, it just makes the team look completely different. Uh, you know, you don't have that leadership out there that, you know, what you normally would. And, you know, it, to me, it showed in this uh, this Bama-Texas A&M game. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely did, man. It just – you hated to see him miss it because Alabama's offense really struggled. There were some turnovers. They just they really struggled. They were still able to pull out the win, but it was a far cry from the Bama we're used to seeing. But like I said, right now it's very much up in the air if he's going to play this upcoming weekend with that sprained AC joint, mm-hmm. especially being in the throwing shoulder. So I'd say right now his status is still questionable. Hate to leave you guys hanging there, but we're just trying to update as we can to give you what we know. Yeah, given the information that we've been given. It definitely looks like he's he's questionable day to day. You know, I'm sure little Nicky ain't going to really say too much about it and try to keep it as a surprise for everybody. That's right. That's right. Next room over in the injury locker room, we got Will Levis. He was out last week and lost to South Carolina, missed a game because of a foot injury. Mm-hmm. He was in a boot. Yeah, he was, and I don't understand it because right before the, the whole week leading up to the game, Mark Stoops was sitting there saying that he, they were very hopeful he was going to play and was kind of 
Playing a little bit of mind games, I guess. Trying to just mislead everybody who will lead us on. And came out there in a boot. But this week here, they are saying that uh, they are very, very hopeful. And thinking that he should play Saturday night. So we got him listed as a probable yep. play. Probable. Still day by day, but the way it sounds, it looks like he will be playing. The only downside of that is we were told the same thing last week. <laughs> so. so, yeah, my... It's looking like it's probable, but in my mind, it's probably very questionable. All right, you got questionable and you got probable. Which one Which one do you think it is? I'm going with probable. You're going with probable, I'm going with questionable. All right, whatever you say, we're just going to leave the fan base in the <laughs> – we're going to leave the fans in the dark, I guess, on that one. <laughs> All right, next one over, we got K.J. Jefferson. He missed last week's game and a bit of a bitter defeat, if you will. Hated to see him miss that game, but in all reality, I don't know if it would have honestly made a whole hell of a lot of difference. No, not really. They they got smacked around pretty bad. Yeah, Mississippi State just torched them. Yes, but sir. uh from everything we're reading, everything we're hearing so far, there's been a lot of positivity coming out of the building, coming out of the facility. He has been back at practice this week. He's looked good, he's looked healthy. So if you're an Arkansas fan, I put my money on KJ Jefferson being back out there on the field this Saturday. Absolutely. I'm definitely more probable on this one as well. All the counts, he's been practicing, he's been doing well, so we shall see. That's exactly right. All right, over here in ACC, the most notable injury that I got out of last weekend was would have to be Devin Leary, man. Yeah. Leaving the game with a dislocated shoulder, I do believe it was. Mm hmm. I honestly thought he broke his collarbone the way he was walking around that sling. That's the way it looked. That's definitely the way it looked in that sling or, you know, broke his arm or something. It didn't look pretty, but uh, luckily it was just a dislocated shoulder. He probably didn't feel too lucky at the time. But yeah. all things considered, yeah, it's a lucky injury for him. But uh, this one here is a very questionable. I, I got him wrote down as doubtful to play this week because yeah. coach has said that He's been making a lot of progress, and they wouldn't be too surprised to see him suit up Saturday night. But then also in the same breath, he mentioned it could take six weeks to heal. Yeah, I'm talking out of both sides of his mouth. So it's really hard to, to really gather. I know it's probably just one of those things where they're trying to play mind games and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very doubtful as well that he'll play. Absolutely. So that should wrap up the injury report. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, this week's game, the lineup, start off with ACC Saturday. I'm going to roll through them real quick. All right. Starting at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Eastern Standard Time, on ESPN3, we got the Miami Hurricanes taking on Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium. It is a 12.30 p.m. game, so I wouldn't quite expect the electricity you normally see in Blacksburg, unfortunately, just because the – Season has not been going the way they want so far, and with it being a noon game, it just kind of hinders things a little bit. But still, nonetheless, should be an exciting one. It's always been a little bit of a rivalry game. The following week, we got NC – or excuse me. <laughs> Damn it, guys. I'm already messing up. Got a lot on my mind. <laughs> Next up on the plate, we got NC State traveling to Syracuse, taking them on at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the ACC Network. This game's going to be played in the Dome, the Big Orange. I'm sure that place is going to be rocking. The crowd's going to be making all kinds of noise. NC State, you know they got to be 
teetering a little bit. I mean, two weeks ago you get slapped around by Clemson, and this week here, or two weeks ago you got slapped around by Clemson. Last week you pulled out a narrow victory over Florida State. Last minute. Yes, yeah, so you're just kind of got teeter tottering a little bit, doing a little bit of a limbo. Game after that, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC. We got the number four in the nation, Clemson Tigers, going down to Florida State, taking on the Seminoles. This game here should also be a very exciting one. It's always been a little bit of a rivalry between these two programs. Always been a big game. 7.30 p.m. kickoff. I expect this stadium to be rocking. Bobby Bowden Field should be showing no mercy. No mercy at all. That's right. Then 30 minutes after that, we have a 8 o'clock p.m. kickoff time on the ACC Network. North Carolina Tar Heels traveling to Duke. Duke. This should be a good one. North Carolina had that win last week over Virginia Tech. Duke, on the other hand, had a little bit of a bitter defeat. Mm-hmm. Came punched up, in the mouth a little bit. Came up short in the very last few minutes. Had a little bit of heartache. So it should be very interesting to see how they respond. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All very good games there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, why don't you go ahead and roll out that SEC lineup we got. All right. Starting off with uh, the 12 o'clock noon ESPN game. Auburn goes to Ole Miss at 3.30 p.m. CBS, you got Alabama and Tennessee, possibly the game of the week. Yeah, I believe all eyes and nation are going to be on this game. Absolutely. 3.30 3.30 p.m. on the SEC Network, Vanderbilt and Georgia. And then at 3.30 p.m. on the ESPN, you're going to have Arkansas versus BYU. At 7 p.m. on ESPN, LSU versus Florida down in Swamp. And then at 7.30 p.m. on the SEC Network, Mississippi State goes up to goes to Lexington to battle Kentucky. Going to be a very, very good game right there, especially after Kentucky gets smacked in the mouth a little bit. Mississippi riding a wave. This is going to be a good one, I think. I wonder if we're going to see any traveling cowbells. Oh, I guarantee you. I mean, <laughs> hell, Tennessee fans travel. Why not? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, uh, which one of these scores you want to go through first and break down? Uh, let's go ahead and start off with this SEC schedule. All right. Let's hear it. I've got... The 12 o'clock noon game, Auburn and Ole Miss. Auburn is reeling. A little bit of a dumpster fire right now. Ole Miss, it's really hard to call, man. I mean, they they were in a little bit of a battle last week. I think Ole Miss takes this game. I got 31-24. God, that'll be a close one, man. Yes, sir. All right. I got to agree with you here with some things. Auburn right now is just the whole program's up in a limbo. I mean, week to week, people are saying, is this the week Brian Harson loses his job? It's just all there is to it. That's the question every week. Yeah. Hell, I've been asking it. <laughs> You've had an absolute limbo at the quarterback position. I think you were down to your number three quarterback last week. And still, Zach, Zach Calzada has not been playing. I'm still trying to figure out what in the hell. No, don't understand that at all, but – uh. Ole Miss, on the other hand, last week came out and got punched in the mouth pretty good by Vanderbilt. Went down by multiple possessions Mm -hmm. and then found a way to come back and just blow them out the water towards the end of the game. So I actually like that from Ole Miss. At first, it was a little bit of a red flag, but then more I thought about it, you know what? That shows that they can still play through adversity. Yep. 
they can be down and not give up, and they can fight back and not only win the game, but take the whole game over. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. I mean, <coughs> you love to see a team that will battle constantly for all four quarters. A game isn't just two quarters. It's not three quarters. It's four quarters worth of a battle. And if your team can can put full, full, four full quarters together, excuse me, I got tongue tied, you've got a chance to win any game you play in. Yeah, no doubt. So with all that being said on that one, I just got to go with the better culture, the better coach, and the better program right now. I got Ole Miss taking this thing 35-17. I don't think Auburn's going to be too much of a problem for them. I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think you're 100% spot on right there. Next, let's talk about this uh, Alabama versus Tennessee game. What you got, brother? Oh, man, this is a very interesting game for me. Like you said a few minutes ago, this is going to be the game of the week. No doubt to have your eyes on. I mean, Alabama last week struggled. I mean, really struggled with Texas a and It looked like a whole different team without Bryce Young. They still found a way to win it, though. Mm-hmm. So you got to give them some credit there. You still got the GOAT of college football coaches, the head coach of Alabama. You still got the greatest coach of all time in college football. Mm-hmm. Got a great culture. You got kids there to expect to win every week. But this team's shown weakness throughout the year. They've had some good weeks, and then they turn around and have a bad week. So I have some concerns there. Where, on the other hand, Tennessee, you had a very good first year with Josh Heifel last year, built some momentum up. And then since this season started, I mean, you just had the gas pedal on the floor, just been wide open. Hendon Hooker has played absolutely sensational. The receiving game has been great. The rushing game has been great. The defense has stepped it up a notch. The culture's bought in. The fan base is most definitely bought in. And this is going to be a close game, especially if Bryce Young plays. It can be a very close game. I don't know if he does play. It's going to be interesting to see how much pressure Tennessee dials up, how many times they can hit him to really affect that hurt shoulder. Because even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. Right. But my prediction on this one here would have to be Rocky Top, Tennessee, 31-28. 31-28. Man, that's going to—that's a close game. I mean, this is really hard to call. Again, you know, especially with the question mark of Bryce Young, whether he's playing, whether he's not playing. Bama's defense has been questionable from time to time. They've got a very good rush. I think they get after Hinton Hooker. I don't think that it's going to matter too much. I think Tennessee still is a little bit too potent for them as far as the offense goes. Give me old Rocky Top, 45-42. You got a lot of faith in man putting up 42 points. I do. I really do. All right. We'll see. I don't know if I, know if I see that many points being in this one, but we'll see. <laughs> Next up, we'll talk about the, the Vandy-Georgia game. What you got? Vandy, Georgia. I believe Vandy played their asses off last week. They're going to fight. This team shows they're going to fight. They don't care who the opponent is. But this is the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like after the few stumbles they've had this year, even last week against Auburn, you stumbled starting out in that game. You pulled away at the end, but 
you still didn't play your best football. I believe this is a week where Georgia's going to try to iron some things out and get back to full steam ahead for the second half of the season. I got Georgia taking this thing 45-13, unfortunately, from Vandy. Not bad, not bad. Again, this Vandy team ain't your normal Vandy team. They're going to battle. They're going to fight. They're going to scratch. They're going to claw. They're going to do whatever they can to try to pull out a win in this game. I think starting out, they keep it pretty close. But I think at the end, the Bulldogs just pull it out, and I got Georgia winning 35-17. Pretty good guess. Pretty good score. I like that. All right. Kick on up to the next one. Arkansas versus BYU. What you got? So a lot has been made about this BYU team. Um, starting out, I mean, they, they got quite popular. Don't really know too much about them, but I, this Arkansas team has been smacked in the mouth. They've been trampled on. I think it's time they get back to what they do, and I think they take this 10-point game, 27-17. I like, I, like, I like what you said there. BYU did have a lot of steam coming into the season, but they got smacked around a few times. I feel like they've been a little bit exposed. Arkansas, also you can say, got to be the top 10 team. Now they're unranked. Got smacked around the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Bear Sam Pittman has been humbled. Yeah. And this is going to be a very motivated Sam Pittman, a very hungry Sam Pittman. This team's going to be very motivated. K.J. Jefferson, after having to stand on the sidelines last week and watch his teammates get beat down, he's going to come out ready to play. So I also have this being a 10-point game. I got Arkansas taking it 31, B-O-I-U, 21. 31-21. I like it. I like it. Let's go down to the swamp, talk a little bit of LSU versus Florida. What you got for me? This is a very interesting game for me, actually. It's a, it really is. We talked about Alabama and Tennessee being the game of the week, but realistically, this could also be a very big game to watch in SEC this year because you got two first-year head coaches. Two, you don't want to say rebuilding Programs, because I mean, as LSU, do they ever really 100% have to rebuild? Does Florida ever 100% have to rebuild? Both quarterbacks, dual threat guys, can move the ball around on the field, do a lot of great things. Both defenses can play elite at times. Both teams can have a pretty good rushing attack at times. I think it's going to be a very good game, but I think the Swamp's going to be rocking. I think LSU is going to be doing a little bit of soul searching after that defeat last weekend. I got Florida Gators taking this one, 28-24. Not bad, not bad, not bad, but I'm going to advise that you pump the brake, throw it in reverse, and back it on up, Terry. LSU is going to come in this game. They're going to be mad. They're going to want to fight. And then they're going to whoop a little bit of ass, I do believe. I think LSU takes this game 35-28. I don't see it. I don't see it. Just 
Brian Kelly's history at Notre Dame kind of. His problem is he's always the games he really needs to win. They just haven't been able to put it together. They pulled out one against Trevor Lawrence or against Clemson years mm-hmm. ago when Trevor Lawrence was injured. Right. But then when it came down to crunch time in 2020, Trevor Lawrence's back pressure was on. They folded. Right. And I feel like after that really bad defeat last week to Tennessee, Kelly never had to face that in Notre Dame. Never played an opponent during regular season. Really was good enough to blow him out. So now they're expected to come back and play a pretty decent team a week after getting beat down. And this is a conference game also. I just, I don't, Brian Kelly's history of pressure just doesn't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I get it. I get it. But Florida has a mobile quarterback. LSU has had a pretty good defense versus a mobile quarterback. Coaching just kind of did them in a little bit in that first game. I just I think that they're going to come in, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to dominate. I, I see what you're saying there about the Florida mobile quarterback, all right? But bear with me just one second. All right. Going to pull up a little stats on me? Oh, I am. <laughs> then try to prove me wrong. I see how it is. But no, I seriously. All right. Tennessee has a dual threat quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Florida played Tennessee the closest game they played all season. Tennessee only beat Florida 38-33. And now it's at Tennessee. Okay. You give Florida a home field advantage. You got Anthony Richardson, dual threat quarterback, who can throw the ball very well at times. At times. LSU's quarterback, dual threat quarterback, throw the ball very well at times, but they were able to contain Anthony Richardson. They were able to go toe-to-toe with this Tennessee offense. This LSU offense is not Tennessee. No, they're not Tennessee. I don't see it. I don't see it. No, they're not Tennessee. But I, the thing about Anthony Richardson that we've seen time and time again is if you get a rush on him, he's going to fold. He's not – once you get a good hit on him and then just keep laying pressure on him, he, he's not going to be that Anthony Richardson that puts up those kind of stats. How did that work out against him and Hooker last year or last week? Well, that's a completely different team. We'll see. We will see on Saturday. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let's move it on to Lexington, Kentucky for the Mississippi State versus those Wildcats. What you got? Cowbell. Got to have more Cowbell. I got the Cowbell, man. I love Mississippi State at this time. I feel like Kentucky's defense was exposed a little bit last week against South Carolina. Showed some weakness. Showed really the second week in a row. They struggled with stopping the run against Ole Miss. Then South Carolina, who's not had the best rushing attack in the season by far, mm-hmm. ran the ball down the throat yep. pretty efficiently. Yep. There was also some open lanes in the passing game. Yep. That's not something. Mississippi State's had a great rushing attack this year, which is different from Mike Leach. But they have had an outstanding rushing attack. Mm-hmm. And then you got Will Rogers. Yep. And you got the Duck. Yep. 
No. No, Kentucky's it's, it's not going to be good. My score is if Will Levis plays, by the way. Okay. If, if the backup's in there, I think it'll be worse. Okay. I got Mississippi State taking this thing 35-24. I've got Mississippi State taking this thing, and it's, it's not even really a close game. Kentucky, I think that Rodriguez is going to run the ball like he does. I think he's going to get some yards. He's going to get some get some toes. But I've got Mississippi State taking this thing 38-21. Same spread I got. Yep. Oh, damn near the same spread. Yep, pretty dang close. So, I like it. I like it. That's good for the SEC. All right, all right, all right. On to the ACC. Miami versus Virginia Tech. 1230. What you got? All right. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. To me, I think this is one of the most underrated, undercover rivalry games in the ACC. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, when Miami and Virginia Tech plays, you have no idea what in the hell to expect. Exactly. Virginia Tech's had a couple rough weeks in a row. They've played some good football. But they've come up short in some games. I mean, last week against North Carolina, the offense showed a little bit of promise, showed a little bit of life, put 29 points on the board. It was not good enough. Could not stop that rushing attack. But this Miami offensive line is very hindered by injuries. Tyler Van Dyke threw for almost 500 yards last week. But he's been inconsistent this season. Right. But one thing's for sure. One thing is guaranteed. Lane Stadium in an ACC conference game, especially, especially against the Miami Hurricanes, is going to be rocking. Yep. I got Virginia Tech surprising people, pulling upset. 27-24. And I mean they're both unranked teams, but at this point you got most people's gonna think Miami's a better team still. I got Virginia Tech taking it by a field goal, 27-24. Dang, it's a close game. I see it going a different way. I really do. Virginia Tech, they've hit some hard times. Your quarterback is inconsistent. Miami's quarterback is inconsistent. But it's just going to go to who has the better offensive line, who can keep the quarterback in the pocket for the most amount of time. I got to go Miami. I'm going Miami 27-13. Once again, we can agree to disagree on this one. I don't see it. All right. Maybe Miami can take a win, but it's still it's going to be a close game. Okay. On to the next one. We ain't going to waste time arguing over this one. <laughs> North Carolina State versus the Cuse. The Big Orange. The undefeated Cuse. Yes, sir. Knock on wood. What do you have? Oh, Syracuse all day on this one. Syracuse is just too well-rounded. They've got great quarterback play. Running back that you can't stop. I got Syracuse taking 38-24. Okay. 
I also have Syracuse taking this game. I think, like you said, they're too well-rounded. The defense has played very well this year. The quarterback, Garrett Schrader, has taken a huge step forward and played some great football up to this point. The running back, I mean, what what else can you say? He's one of the best in the nation. The offensive line has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. But this defense for Syracuse has been very good. And NC State, if Devin Leary, especially if Devin Leary's not playing, that's going to play a big factor on this game. The crowd noise is going to play a big factor because let's be honest, that dome is rocking when they're at home. Very, very underrated crowd. Absolutely, especially this season. But I do think NC State's going to keep it a little bit of a closer game with their defense. I got Syracuse taking it 24, NC State 13. Okay. All right. Not a bad spread there. All right, let's go on to further down south and to Florida State. This Clemson versus Florida State game, arguably another one of the must-see games of the week. Arguably. Arguably. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what I got, man. I got Clemson having one of the best defenses in the damn nation. Point blank, period. Yep. Clemson's offense this season, I got them every bit of a top. 15 in the nation offense, top 12. Will Shipley's been great. DJ Leonglay has really come out of a shell this year and really showed what he's capable of. Those tight ends, wide receivers. Offensive line. Yeah. It's just been too much for him. And Florida State, this season started off hot. And then they lost that game to Wake Forest. Got beat down. Mm-hmm. And then I was wondering last week who was going to be able to gather it up. And they were not able to seal the deal on NC State. Nope. The NC State team playing with a backup quarterback. Yep. They could not close it. And one thing I mentioned before, and I God, I, I hate saying this, man, because it pisses me off and diss me every year. I said when they lost that Wake Forest game, I said, this is going to do one of two things for this team. They're either going to rise above the ashes and they're going to play their asses off the rest of the year and show us what Florida State can do and play really good football. Or it can break their back, take the wind out of their sails, and start from scratch. Yep. And I honestly feel like the latter of the two is what happened because it was a very – very unmotivated Florida State team against NC State. You blew a lead to a backup quarterback. You just did not play well at all against NC State. And I feel like once this team gets on a trend losing, it's hard to get out of that, especially against number four in the nation. Yep. I got Clemson taking this thing 31, Florida State 17. I like it. And I'm, like it. And I'm being generous. I like it. Everything you said I have to agree wholeheartedly with. It just seems like once they get on a losing streak, it's hard for them to recover. You lost two games. I just I, I don't see Florida State pulling out of it, especially against a Clemson team that has arguably the best defense in the nation. You know, top 10, top 15 offense, like you said. I've got Clemson taking this 35-14. Very close. Very close. We're on the same page now for sure. And it's just, guys, I don't 
Listen, I want to see Florida State be good. I really, really do. I want to see Florida State be Clemson. I want to see Florida. I, would, I just want to see Florida State be Florida State. Yeah. And last year they started off with a losing streak, and then at the end of the year they got hot. And this year I feel like we're in the same boat, but it's backwards. You started off hot, and you've cooled off. Yeah. And the thing is, with a head coach, you got to find a way to motivate your team through thick and te- through thick and thin. Through the good times, you got to find a way to keep them focused, keep them ready to win. Yep. But when you're losing, you got to find a way to keep their heads in the game, keep them motivated, keep them believing that they're winners, and get them to go out there and turn things around and correct the ship. And I just – something about normal, man. I just – I can't figure it out, but it just doesn't fit right. When Mike Norville wins – you could almost call him a genius as a coach when he's on a winning streak. But I mean, a lot of things he does is questionable. Don't get me wrong. But when he starts losing, it's like he gets a mind block. Well, it's like we said at the start of the year, man. I mean, they had that win against LSU. I mean, the, the play calling at the end of the game was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. That was a game won on pure luck. Yep. Now, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Absolutely. But you got extremely lucky in that game. Make no mistake about it. And then the Louisville game, you had a big lead, and Louisville marched their way right back into it. And the play calling at, that, at the end of that game puts you in a very bad position. It puts you in a position to lose that football game. And... Luckily, your defense came through for you and got an interception. Yep. The defensive back made a great play. This ain't it for Florida State. No, I agree. So, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But we just got to get off this game because it ain't happening. Yeah. A little bit depressing if you're a Florida State fan, for sure. Very deflating. All right, let's finish this up. Let's go to North Carolina. Let's go to Duke. What you got? I think this is going to be a very interesting game. Absolutely. I think this is a season-defining game for both of these programs, honestly. North Carolina, Drake May, great team, great offense. But North Carolina, man, they just – I don't know. The defense has not been the best in the world by no means. They've played some good football, some games. You got a great quarterback, Drake May, but the thing is against really it opened my eyes against Virginia Tech. That game was pretty ugly to say the least. <laughs> it was pretty ugly towards the end, to say the least. But Virginia Tech found a way to put points on the board. And on top of that, your quarterback just – he looked—he showed a few glitches in his arm, a few chinks in his arm. And then last week against Miami, North Carolina. 
Miami gave up some big plays, also crucial mistakes. If it wasn't for that, I, Miami very well could have won that football game. Right. And Miami didn't play the best by no means, but they found a way to get the Drake May a little bit, forced a couple turnovers off of him, and that can mess with the quarterback's confidence. He hadn't faced a game like that to this point. Right. Duke's coming off of a nail-biting win, or a nail-biting loss, excuse me, last week to Georgia Tech. Got their butts kicked for the better part of the game. They made a huge comeback at the end of the game, went overtime, ended up losing in overtime to Georgia Tech. But Duke's already shown me one time this year after that Kansas loss, they can lose a game and find a way to fight back, get refocused, and go out there and get a win. It's been a long time since Duke beat North Carolina. But I got them doing it this year. Okay, what'd you score? 31-28. I've got this as a real, real close game. North Carolina, that offense, your running game. Drake May is a quarterback. Your wide receivers, Josh Downs. I mean, you've got playmakers on that offense. You're right. You get pressure on a quarterback, it's going to mess up their focus, going to make them cause some mistakes. And you're also right as far as North Carolina's defense being questionable at times. But the thing about this offense, man, is they can score just, you know, within a blink of an eye. As bad as I hate to say it, Duke, I mean, they do have a good defense. They have shown a little bit of holes in their defense as well. They've got a good rushing game, good offensive (coughs) play. But I think North Carolina is just a little bit better. I've got them taking it 38-35. We'll agree, disagree. But I will damn sure be watching this game. Oh, you, you better bet. So, that being said, guys, that's our predictions. Me and Rob had a few differences this week. Hopefully, once again, the champ over here <laughs> can prevail. But he's bound to beat me one of these weeks. <laughs> a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> But you got anything else you want to throw out there, man? No, man. I, I believe I'm good to go. All right. Well, everybody, let's care. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Once again, we appreciate Cross Coverage doing a collab with us this week, getting our name out there. Really appreciate that. It meant a lot to us. And we'd love to return the favor. Absolutely. You guys be sure to check them out. Hit us up on Instagram, First and Goal, Twitter. Facebook, send us a message, comment, whatever you want. Ask us a question. Reach out. We love talking football with you guys. Oh, absolutely. But I say until next time, keep the drinks cold. Let's keep those chains moving.